The first thing is first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on 760 WJR, where Michigan comes to talk. And of course, Renee is out this week. She's on her honeymoon, uh, but I've got Jason Fissler. I've got Parker Moser in with me. And uh, gentlemen, just let me be the first to wish you both a guten Krampusnacht. <laughs> hey, would you just call me? <laughs> Sorry, I still need to oh, hit the say us? <laughs> what was that, Park? Do I need to hit the dump button here? Is that allowed on yeah. the air? You know what? <laughs> when in doubt, dump it out. You're never going to get penalized for the fine you don't pay. Uh, are you guys familiar with Krampusnacht? Not at all. No, I don't think so. Well, uh, n- neither of you must be German. Um, it's December 5th. And in the old Germanic Christmas tradition, December 5th, I guess, is actually Christmas night. It's the night uh, that St. Nicholas is said to arrive to reward the nice children by leaving presents. But he's brought a friend named Krampus. He is a vengeful demon who beats naughty children with branches and sticks. So uh, I hope none of you have any uh, uh, scratch marks or bruises from branches and sticks. If you don't, I think you guys are in the clear. I don't like this version of Christmas very much. This doesn't you sound very fun. <laughs> you know, they kind of left that part out when the tradition came over to America, didn't they? I think I think I'll accept that. I like it. I like our Christmas. Look, man, those old time Germans don't play. See, I am German and I have never heard of that. You know, Jason, I would say maybe about five, ten years ago, Krampus kind of had a moment on social media. They made a little movie about him uh, starring uh, uh, Todd Packer and Adam Scott. Uh, but uh, I, I think I think uh, Krampus has been forgotten, and I think that's just more evidence of America's war on Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, I'll be talking to you guys uh, uh, later on in the show. I'm going to get people caught up on headlines. But, uh, yeah, if, uh, if, if either one of you two have a guilty conscience, just watch out for Krampus. Uh, the latest numbers out of Gaza say that over 2 million people have been displaced with over 15,000 killed. As the Israeli army continues to move south, the White House continues to urge Israel to be more precise with their ground offensive to spare civilians. Uh, the United States is blaming Hamas uh, for the end of the ceasefire, saying that they didn't want to release more women hostages because they would tell the world about the sexual abuse that they suffered at the hands of Hamas and how the group uses it as a weapon of war. By the way, Israel, Israel says that they will establish safe zones as they continue their ground and air offensive into southern Gaza. We're getting more details on the fire between the firefight between the American warship, the USS Kearney, and Iranian-backed Houthi rebels out of Yemen. On Sunday morning, the Houthi rebels attacked those three civilian cargo ships in the Red Sea we told you about yesterday. Within hours, the USS Kearney was in the area to shoot down a number of Houthi drones. And it turns out that not all ships were associated with Israel. Luckily, none experienced major damage, but it has ratcheted up tensions and concerns uh, over the Israeli-Hamas war expanding throughout the region. <clears throat> Pardon me, th- frog in my throat. Uh, Republican Congressman Zach Nunn. That might have Nunn- been Krampus. Yeah, well, you know Creeping what? That's, up. <laughs> That's right. He's uh, He has cursed me with the gift of uh, <clears throat> uh, Republican Congressman. Now, this is a guy, George Santos. This is a guy who's definitely going to be visited by Krampus. Uh, and Republican Congressman Zach Nunn from Iowa. He announced that uh, the Congressional Pension Accountability Act Monday that would bar expelled lawmakers 
from receiving congressional pension. Now, Nunn, uh, he was one of the more than 100 Republicans who voted to expel former New York Congressman George Santos last week after a House Ethics Committee report said that there was enough evidence that showed Santos violated a number of elected finance laws. And he said, when you're removed from office, you should not be able to continue to cash in on the American taxpayer's dime. Now, as of right now, this is odd. George Santos, he still has access to a number of congressional benefits despite being expelled. He can still uh, he can still actually go onto the House floor for some reason. I, I, I guess he can't vote, but he can just uh, go visit if he wants, maybe take a field trip. Uh, for some reason, he also has access to the lawmaker's only gym and dining services. I, I think that would be kind of awkward if you're at the uh, congressional gym trying to get some reps in or at the buffet and you run into George Santos. I, I don't know if, like, you have a conversation. Uh, so, George, how you been? Um, and even if that, this doesn't pass, I don't think Santos is eligible for congressional pension. I think you have to serve uh, for five or more years to get to get that pension. But I guess this is just uh, being preemptive in the event that someone who has served long enough gets expelled. And uh, Jason Parker, have either of you guys ever uh, bought a video off of Cameo? No, but I've I've had friends do it before, and it seems oh, pretty sent, interesting. They, Dude, they we, sent them to you? No, they didn't send them to me. Uh, I saw one of them. One of my friends got a celebrity to uh, endorse them for prom king. Did it work? Yes, actually, he he was prom wow. king. It worked. What were you going to say, Jace? No, I didn't. Uh, I personally haven't gotten one, but didn't didn't we uh, send one or somebody sent one to WJR's own Dave Rieger? And it was that uh, yes. that Broncos quarterback that was uh, a former receiver or something like that. Yes, uh, Kendall Hinton. He was Hinton. like uh, he was a, a wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and I guess they were so hard up for quarterbacks. He played quarterback one day. I, I think it was the only uh, cameo from someone on the Denver Broncos that that <laughs> that Chris <laughs> Renwick and Nick Roddy could afford. It was like a little year end gag on Dave, but yes, that's one of my favorite. I think that one was fifteen bucks. Well, George Santos, he is now on Cameo, and his video is uh, going for $200, and I guess he's got to fund his OnlyFans habit somehow now that he's no longer in uh, Senate. Uh, and and he, had, he had his first customer, uh, Senator uh, John Fetterman. Oh, I'm sorry, Santos was kicked out of Congress, not Senate. Uh, but Senator John Fetterman, he ordered a Cameo for fellow Senator Bob Menendez, who's also facing some legal and corruption issues of his own. And uh, I'm going to play this off my computer, Park. Let me know if you get if if you guys don't hear this, let me know. You said you're not hearing it, Park? Yeah, we got nothing. Ah, bummer. Okay. Well, hey, that's live rated. Trying on the floor. We'll, we'll, we'll test that out for the future. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I threw you guys a curveball. I went rogue. <laughs> well, anyway, it's, uh, it's extremely petty and entertaining, and uh, I endorsed it. Uh, Jace, I... I don't know if I heard this in your traffic report because I, I take naps between segments, uh, you know, because it's <laughs> well, so, so do I, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know what? If you're smart, you would take naps during my segment. Uh, <laughs> I hear I'm great for insomnia, but uh, I guess there's a major um, project starting. I guess it's I guess it's a, a new phase of a major project on 275 out by the airport. Yeah. 275 southbound uh, will uh, be down to only one lane from Five Mile to New- to Eureka, 
and those will play. Those will take place uh, daily between seven and five p.m. So during this time, crews will be moving barrier walls to replace them with temporary bar- barrels until pavement markings can be added. And the revived two seventy five work will start at the south end and work towards five mile. And right. Uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that it's uh, seven a.m. to five p.m. I thought this was like a twenty four hour thing, and I said to myself, "That's going to be an absolute nightmare." trying to get to the airport, especially around this busy uh, uh, Christmas travel season. Right, and as we know, uh, uh, rush hour starts these days, you know, well before 5 p.m. So it's going to be, yeah, it's 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 not going to be fun. Right, and, you know, that's one of those areas, and I don't know if you guys have any areas out by where you live, but that's one of those areas um, that, you know, uh, hours before rush hour and hours after rush hour, there's, there, there's big, traffic jam well my area and you know it very well mike uh hall road oh yes. boy from probably about partridge creek to m53 is always pretty congested with all the shopping all the restaurants and and, and whatnot there right and it's actually gotten a little better because you know lakeside's not what it used to be but no. it's still a nightmare we used to back when i was growing up around there we called it hell road <laughs> <laughs> also 75 through troy like no, unless it's like, unless it's like eleven o'clock on a Saturday, it's it it it's nothing. It's nothing but but gridlock over there. And then of course they added those um, carpool lanes, which I've made my feelings clear about. <sighs> All right, uh, we got to get to a quick break. It's first thing uh, on WJR, and Renee will be back next week, sitting here with Jason Fissler and. Parker Moser and Jason yesterday, of course, the big debate was um, whether or not Florida State got screwed out of the college football playoffs. Um, They went undefeated in the ACC. The ACC had a bit of a down year, but they went undefeated nonetheless, despite an injury to their uh, starting quarterback, their Heisman caliber uh, quarterback, uh, Jordan Travis. And their second-string quarterback, which I think uh, would make their case because they overcame adversity. But uh, nonetheless, a one-loss Alabama team got in over them. And uh, my position was, yes, Alabama was the better team, but Florida State earned it more because Alabama had one loss and Florida State didn't. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Jason. I, I, I feel like you agreed with me mostly on that. I did, and and I did hear from both sides yesterday as I was watching some of the sports shows. And uh, Richard Sherman, the uh, former Seattle uh, Seahawks cornerback, Legion of Boom, who is now on uh, undisputed with Skip Bayless, he made a good point. The 2014 Ohio State Buckeyes won the national championship with their third string quarterback, who was Cordell Jones at the time. Right. So it's possible, you know. So if they were to have kept Florida State out just because you know the starting cast isn't there. Um, you know, that's, that, that's kind of wrong. I, I see the, the argument from both sides. I really do. Uh, yeah. you know, with, with an SEC team, sure. They're going to, they're probably going to get in every time. Um, I guess it just further, it, it further, um, the 12 team playoff will begin next year and it's, it's time for that. So, yeah. Yeah. And like, like you said, I think this further illustrates the need for that. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, uh, you know, uh, backup quarterbacks, I, I, I saw this meme going around that uh, 
I, I guess Trevor Lawrence got injured last night uh, against um, the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night, and the meme said that the NFL playoff committee will now vote Jacksonville out of the playoffs due to Trevor, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence's injury, which I thought uh, was a salient point. But Florida Senator Rick Scott, is demanding the texts and emails from members of the college football committee next week regarding their decision to exclude undefeated Florida State from the college football playoffs. Scott sent a letter to chairman of the committee, Boo Corrigan. That sounds like an SEC guy, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Boo Corrigan. I, I I don't know who he is, but I, I, <laughs> I would almost bet money on FanDuel that he's an SEC guy. Uh, demanding total transparency and saying the committee made the shocking decision to exclude an undefeated Power 5 conference champion from the playoffs, emphasizing the decision was made behind closed doors. And uh, I have never disagreed with someone I agree with so much. Now, like I said, Scott is absolutely right. Florida State got screwed. Uh, there should be transparency, but I don't think the U.S. Senate needs to get involved in this. No, I don't know about you, God, Jason. No, or no. Uh, I did hear. Uh, I did hear an argument as well. So, for example, Michigan and Washington are both undefeated. If Michigan and Washington both lose in the playoff, and Florida State beats Georgia in their bowl game, uh, they're saying Florida State should just print out their T-shirts, national champions. I think didn't uh, <laughs> didn't UCF, the University of Central Florida, do something like that? They went yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. But but they weren't a Power Five school. But they no. still they still claimed they were national champions, which I, <laughs> I I dig. I I like I like bold pompacity like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what this reminds me of? Remember back when um, you know it, Jose Canseco wrote that book about how rampant steroids were in Major League Baseball. Yes, and like Congress, Congress held a hearing, and Rafael Palmero was up there oh. testifying in tears, and Mark McGuire was wagging his finger. And again, yes, something should have been done about steroids in baseball, but I don't think that Congress needs to get involved. No, I agree. Uh, I saw. Another- that's why. That's why college football has a committee in this. I mean. Let them let them do their jobs, right? In their line of and, work, right? Exactly. And, and I mean the the fact that well, we know Alabama's a better team, uh, even though they have a less than record. You know, that's like saying, well, you know, the the number one seed got upset in the first round, but we know that they're a better team, so they get a mulligan, there. right? I, I saw another meme that said if the reason Florida State was voted out of the playoff was because of Jordan Travis's injury, then just give him the Heisman now because obviously that, that illustrates how valuable of a player he was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Um yes. And, and like I said, they're gonna be they're gonna be they're gonna they're gonna be rocking the Heisman trophy. They're gonna be rocking national championship T shirts. Oh man. You know Look someone's out for Florida State. I was gonna say whoever printed out the bet T shirts after Jim Harbaugh was suspended, <laughs> they need to jump on this and just keep that money train rolling. Yeah. Um, so last week, Merriam-Webster revealed their pick for the word of the year, um, which was authentic. Uh, yesterday, the Oxford University Press picked theirs. And Jason Parker, I don't know if you guys saw the – did you guys see the article and what the word was? No. No, I'm, I, I, I can't wait to hear what it is. Well, you want to take a guess? Ooh, I don't even think I could take a guess. Parker, you want to take a guess? I'm not going to take a guess because I actually know what it is. No. Okay, good. Th- thank you. I appreciate your honesty. Uh, I would not have guessed this. It's Riz, which means charisma, which I have to admit, uh, I'm very hip. 
though I'm pushing 40, I spend a lot of time on TikTok, and I have never heard anybody say the word Riz. Um, I would have guessed maybe no cap might be if we're, we're talking Gen Z words of the year. That essentially means no BS because cap means lying. Uh, you're capping, which back in my day meant to shoot someone, you know, like bust a cap bust in that cap, bleep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it beat out Swifty, which we all know what that is by now. Uh, it beat out situationship. Do you guys want to take, uh, do you guys know what situationship means? Jeez, no. Yep. Uh, I, I recognize ahead, all of these words. Well, that's because you're, it's, I, I keep, he's, you know, Parker, he's young enough to know this stuff. Part, Parker is so smart and well-spoken. I forget uh, how young he is. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm I'm young enough to recognize the words, but I'm still old enough that I hate every one of them. I don't you know like using these words Because they're, they're abbreviations or they're words that are put together. I, you know what? I like it just because I'm fascinated by language and how language evolves. So obviously I wouldn't use no cap or riz. In, in like an actual conversation, but I, I'm still fascinated to see how words evolve, like uh, like suspicious. Now people just call it sus. See, it's it's not evolving. It's it feels like it's it's they're decreasing them. Well, you know what? That's or abbreviating them because social media started with like Live Journal, right? And yeah. Live Journal used to be these really long. Uh, you know, you well-developed, thought-out paragraphs. And now we're at, at, at like, Twitter, which is 140 characters or less, you know. So you, you kind of see That's why they're going, that yeah, so you can get more yeah. more content, and I get it. So, Professor Parker, explain <laughs> yes. to us what situationship means. Oh, yeah, so uh, a situationship. It's like when two people, they know they're interested in each other, right? But neither one of them is confident enough to make the first move. So both of them are just talking to each other, wanting a relationship, but none of them are but neither one is sure that the other one thinks the same thing and so they're both going back and forth in their own heads when if either one of them just said something, it would go exactly how they want it to. And then doesn't it have something to do with like convenience like it could also be two people uh as they said in my day hooking up because they just happen to be you know, in in the same area, kind of like maybe college or something. Yeah, that can be another interpretation yeah. of it. I do have to say, I've heard the word Swifty and situationship way more than I've heard Riz. How but did again, Swifty get beat out? That's crazy. I thought that would just be a lock. I know. Well, they're talking about then, DeAndre Swift, right? <laughs> uh, of course. Right. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, right. obviously, that's probably, the only yeah. Swift that matters. Right. A, uh, a former Detroit Lions, now platoon, uh, running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, has really captured America's imagination. And there's Swifties all over the place. And they can be vicious. So, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't put any slander on DeAndre Swift's name. Uh, so yesterday embattled former Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, he sat down for a three-part interview with J.R. Morning to discuss what he's been through and how his life has changed since he was convicted of 24 felony counts before former President Donald Trump commuted his sentence. You know that there are folks out there saying, okay, a corrupt politician condemned by prosecutors is taking advantage of an impoverished city. He goes to prison, does a little time, maybe 12, 14 months, all of a sudden finds Jesus Christ, and now he's a reformed man. And they're going, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Speak to the skeptics out there. And, and and how you've demonstrated that, whether it's through, um, you know, uh, the, the restitution, whatever it may be, how you're going to demonstrate that this is an authentic conversion. 
I think the only demonstration that any person could do is just to live their lives. I think time would tell it all. To answer those questions this early, I think that they should have questions. I think critics should be there. I think it's something that um, should um, persist in a person's life that is hurt or damaged something that they care about mm-hmm. or or them themselves. So I, I um I welcome it actually. I, I think that is something that keeps me understanding um that this is more than about Kwame Kilpatrick. And for me it's not about conversion as much as it is about the fruit of whatever you say. If if you say you've been through this, fine. We want to see it. So when here um Issues are constantly and consistently brought up about Kwame Kilpatrick. And so uh, restitution is one that they throw around all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been fighting the restitution since I got it. You have to understand, you know, it's, it's tied to absolutely nothing. Most people in, the, in, in that, that have that thought believe that it's stolen money. You know, that was in the newspaper all the time. He stole money. Don't have a single charge for stealing any money. Well, Mich- there, was, there were charges of allegations of bid rigging. Uh, you know, if you want to do a contract with the city, talk to Bernard. Yeah, there was a lot. He of got that. found guilty of none of that. See, this is that's what I'm saying. We've been telling these stories for a long time, <laughs> and so let me just let me just get to it. it. Ended up being at first it was hundreds of millions of dollars. You remember that? You mm-hmm. were probably one of the <laughs> hundreds of millions. Of dollars. Well, when I got to the to the to the court on the first day, they said nine point six. That was the first day I heard that number. In closing statements, the prosecutor said 4.7. And we were trying to figure out where is this loss coming from? So Guy Lloyd and Jamie, they'll be playing more highlights on JR Morning throughout the show. And the full podcast is up right now at thegreatvoice.com if you want to check it out. Running late, got to be back. First thing, WJR. And this is the time of the morning where we like to bring in Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson, and Jamie Edmonds from JR Morning uh, as we uh, get you ready for them from 6 to 9. And... Guy, Lloyd, Jamie, the shortlist of Times Person of the Year has been uh, released. I guess they're going to crown the person tomorrow. And uh, I'm just going to read you guys the list, and you guys tell me who has your vote, even if the person's not on the list. So I feel like Alex Trebek before Jeopardy. Uh, Ding! Uh, Number one, (laughs) Hollywood Strikers. Number two, Chinese President Xi Jinping. Number three, Taylor Swift. Number four, Sam Altman. Uh, Number five, Trump prosecutors. There's so many to name that they just uh, lumped them all together. Barbie, Vladimir Putin, King Charles, and Jerome Powell. So we'll go around the room. Guy, who has your vote for person of the year? I want to recount on all of them. Uh, Yeah. I think it's the weakest. (laughs) It is. The weakest list in How did Putin get on this list? (sighs) I just... It's kind of sad to say that there's got to be somebody who's made more of a yeah. an impact. Um, you know, first of all, some of them, they were just doing their job. Some of them are are not victims of circumstance, but benefited by circumstance. King Charles, seriously? Yeah. Well, okay, so the criteria is a, a person, group, or concept that most shaped the headlines for good or ill. So that's okay. that. So it's not necessarily humanitarian award. It's just no. uh, yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and somebody that has had a an outsized impact. Yeah. So uh, I think if you're going with who is going to have the biggest effect on our lives, I would say probably Sam Altman. Sam Altman. Yeah, yeah. Because AI is going to be 
probably that seems like immediacy to me because he's just been in the headlines the end of the year here. Yeah, and I think I'm 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 looking long term. It's like giving Bill Gates the award in, in 1980. Ooh, like, been, yeah, he's he's going to have. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. We've, we've been talking about AI, you know, and just about everything. Right. You know, cars, automobiles. I mean, we, you know, uh, journalism. It's it's just been. You know, uh, we we've talked about it a lot, and it's just we're just going to hear more. It's going to be more. Right. And it, it probably is going to be more transformative than the Internet itself, you know, within a decade or so. Um, if it's per, if it's people you, you have you've, you've heard about all year, I would say Taylor Swift. Um, she's been ubiquitous. Um, Hollywood striker. I think if you put the Hollywood strikers in, you, you I think you have to look at Sean Fain in the UAW. I, I, I mean, it's right. great that yeah. he would certainly, in terms of resetting the labor movement. Yep. Yeah. You know, what did the Hollywood strikers do? They drove their industry off a cliff. Yep. <laughs> well, and also, and, and also, I mean, the UAW strike is going to affect way more people than the Hollywood, um, than the, the Hollywood actors and writers strike. I think um, they're out. I don't like that one. No. Yeah, that one seems a bit trite. To you, me. you were when we, you and I were chatting about this yesterday. We were like got a couple seconds. You said you, there were two people missing from the list. Yeah, uh, Sean Fain, and also as annoying as he's been, I think you got to put Elon Musk on this list. I mean, the other person we we we've been hearing about about as much as Taylor Swift has been Elon Musk. So I I think uh, it's like though, rewarding bad behavior. Though. <laughs> yeah. Well, geez, if Putin can be on it, then anyone can be on it. I'm going Fair. to endorse an anti-Semitic post and then claim that I did nothing wrong. Uh, right. I don't know. All right. Uh, well, uh, it's uh, time for JR Morning. We'll be back tomorrow. Here's my on button. A group of Michigan Republicans submitted a request for a special meeting to consider removing state GOP chair Christina Caramo from her post. Craig Mauger of Detroit News discuss it, discusses it with Chris Renwick on JR Afternoon. Well, it's just absolute pandemonium inside the Michigan GOP. My words. And... I don't I don't know what exactly the fixes are, but some inside the party say the fixes would be to remove Christina Caramo as chair of the state Republican Party. Craig Mauger is the reporter with the Detroit News and joins us. Craig, good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. Quite a moment for the Michigan GOP. There's no doubt about it. What are what are some of those inside the party trying to do here? They're trying to get a special meeting of the Michigan Republican Party State Committee called on December 27th, two days after Christmas, to hold a vote on whether to remove Chairwoman Christina Caramo, the leader of the party right now. And what do they what do they cite as the main reasons for that? I mean, obviously, you have been uh, and with your past um, very active on campaign finance and and the money that they've got in the bank, which isn't a lot. At least as of what August, they had about thirty-five August. grand in it. So yes. th- th- they're strapped for cash, and they're they're trying to install a new way inside the party and how the party would be able to help choose candidates for elected offices. But th- there seems to be a lot of dysfunction. What what would it require for those to to seek her removal? What what would they need? For them to remove her, they're going to need at least two-thirds of the state committee. The state committee has about 100 people, so they'd have to change the bylaws and try to move the threshold to oust a party officer down to two-thirds. 
it's currently three-fourths, which is an even higher standard to have to meet. And that's not going to be easy because some of these people are the most dedicated, you know, party activists, the most dedicated to Karamo. She's turned a lot of people who were supporting her previously off, but I don't know if she has turned all of them off mm. on the state committee. So it's, it's not an easy task for those who are trying to oust her. What is, uh, from from your standpoint, what is the, the tenor of of the current Michigan GOP? Where, where are, what is the morale like inside? Do they... Do they feel like they're on the right trajectory from those inside the party? No. I mean, I think the morale within the party is divisive. It's frustrated. They're focused on trying to figure out this internal squabble, not trying to figure out how to win the next election. I mean, keep in mind, why does this matter? I mean, we have a government system that's based around having two functional parties who nominate candidates and then voters sort out who's better. That's what our system's based around. If one of the parties is not functioning, doesn't have money, doesn't have a team out there to be able to go advocate, can't campaign, is about to default on its line of credit, these are things that will restrict that party from being able to run effective campaigns. The presidential election in 2024 is less than 12 months away right now. From people that you've talked to, what what is the ideal situation for for those that maybe would like to see Christina Caramo removed from power? What what is the ultimate goal here? Is the idea that if she goes, then the money starts coming in? I think that's the goal. I think they want to see a new chair put in place, somebody who's willing to work with the different factions of the party, try to bring people together. Maybe if they can't get along, they can at least cooperate and get on some sort of the same page. That's what they're saying. I mean, that's easier said than done because there are so many different fishers within the party right now. But that's the, the goal that they're at least talking about. I was uh, given an email uh, that Christina Caramo had sent out late Friday. I'm sure you've seen the same one. But there is a, a, a different grouping of priorities for what the Michigan GOP is looking at. Um, and, and that's party structure, legislation, the good neighbor program, election integrity, and changes to uh, that, that inevitably led to Andy Seabolt's dismissal from the party. Um, do you believe that those inside feel like these are the proper pillars to be putting the party up on, or would they like to see different focuses other places? I think they want to see some of the same focuses, but also some different focuses. I mean, one of the core disagreements here is how the party should handle these internal conflicts. Should the party be taking help from anyone that is willing to provide it? I mean, keep in mind that members of Christina Caramo's leadership team have flat out said that they do not want help from some of the past large donors mm-hmm. who have funded this party for so many years. Uh, the others are saying we should be taking help from whoever is willing to hand it to us. That's the state that we're in currently. I mean, the party had $35,000 in its bank accounts in August. So I think those are the kind of standpoint of disagreements that you have here. How do you deal with people that maybe you don't agree with everything on? I mean, Christina has taken a hard line. Others don't want to take such a hard line. Well, look, and a buck spends like a buck anywhere you go, depending on who you get it from. Dollars a dollar, and and that's where I think the, the 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 Michigan GOP struggles right now is they they don't want to take money from certain people because they don't want to feel like they're beholden. 
But at the same time, if they want to be a factor uh, going into this next election cycle, um, they're going to have to raise money. And and the fact that at this stage of the game, they they don't have serious cash on hand and, you know, talking about trying to sell off the headquarters, which they don't even have the the ability to do is is a pretty shocking place for, I think, a state party to be in on the on the flip side. You're going against a Michigan Democratic Party that is rolling, that is able to to bring in money. And I think that that's probably a a frustration point for a lot of those inside the Michigan Republican Party saying, all right, well, we're trying to do our best. And you look across the aisle and, and, you know, you're in a rowboat and the other uh, side is is in a speedboat. That's got to be frustrating. Oh, I think you're spot on. I mean, the the difference in where the two parties are at right now could not be more distinct. The Democratic Party is a well-oiled machine with a governor, at, you know, Governor Whitmer at the front of it, who is getting a lot of national attention, can raise a lot of money. There's no one in place like that for the Republicans right now. Winning heals a lot of problems. Democrats have disagreements, but they've won a lot of elections in Michigan lately. Right now, the Republicans are facing the struggles that come along with losing elections and not having a leader, and that's just where they are. Is there any sense that Christina Caramo would be willing to come around on some of the issues or willing to listen in on the concerns of those who now oppose her? Is there any indication that she's willing to to to, to sit down, talk with people and listen? I mean, that's, I can't answer that question you know, for her. I'd be curious what she would say to that. I think we can only go by what her actions have been, and her actions most recently have been throwing off some of the members of the state committee from committee assignments because they have disagreed with some of her approaches, basically. And she has said it's for other reasons, but it's, it's clearly a lot of the people that were opposed to her within the state committee lost their committee assignments recently. You mentioned one of them, Andy Siebold. So that doesn't really set the tone up for harmony within the party. And that move to kind of throw some of these people out of these positions of influence, that move threatened, uh, frustrated a lot of people within the state committee and actually probably gave, if you talk to the opponents, they'll say that gave them more momentum and their push to, push to try to gain the amount of signatures they need to call this vote to remove her in, on December 27th. So you know, as she is trying to kind of hold on to power, consolidate her power, she's also risking maybe giving even more fuel to her opponents right now. Well, when you're not keeping your eye on the ball, you're looking somewhere else and, and you know, strikes are being thrown, pat, or, you know, right down yeah. the plate. It's a problem as well. Um, when would this vote take place, do you think? Do they have the, the, the gusto to get it done? They're hoping that they can get it to take place December 27th. They're hoping that during that special meeting they can hold this vote. Whether or not that happens will will depend on a lot over what plays out in the next few weeks. If they continue to gain momentum, I don't think they have the votes they need right now to vote her out, but they think they're going to get there. So Mm. we'll 